You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX is The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX is The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To the shutdown full cast. You're coming in to the melodious sounds, and I mean melodious very, very literally, of the shutdown full cast name as played by listener and full caster Brian. We've got a podcast listener named Brian. What were the odds? Uh, about as good as a podcaster being named Brian. That is our theme. And every week we try to take a different listener submission for said theme. If you have a theme and you would like to submit it, no guarantees that we're going to use it. But if it's good, uh, we'll be shocked. If it's bad, we'll probably be, be, be pleased. If it's boring, we probably won't use it. Melodica? If it's too good, we also probably won't use it. I don't know. Like, I keep waiting for somebody to get an orchestra. Like a full, like, you know full piece orchestra. Now, but listen, if you, if, you submit a, if you submit a theme and we haven't used it, it's probably because you're just too talented. That's right. Too talented for the full cast? Impossible. We, we do have one person who has, uh, this has been the cause of some consternation behind the scenes, we do have one person who has submitted himself playing the shutdown full cast theme on the flute. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when we didn't immediately use it in the first two weeks, he wrote, but he, I got one of those circling back emails from him. Like, hey, <laughs> just want to make sure you got this recording of the podcast theme on the flute. Uh, and Seth, buddy, we've been debating it. I think it's too good because it makes our podcast sound like a Vox podcast. And we try and avoid that. But 
uh, we love you and we might forget about this conversation in a couple weeks and use it anyway because full cast. The melodica, the only instrument, just as the shutdown full cast is the only college football podcast on these here internets. We have a very important college football related topic to discuss with every you. College football is a very important game, but no game is more important than that of Christmas. And this, this will be a time to recount everything that happened over the holidays. And if you're one of our listeners, chances are your life uh, at one point or consistently is a series of ever unfolding disasters. Ryan, what are we going to hit him with today? With our Christmas? You want me to lead with my Christmas disaster? Ooh, yeah, I want this. Yeah. Okay. Crack your um, rib cage open, Ryan, and bleed for us. So my Christmases have been pretty pretty standard i would say like one of the consequences of my my parents are both from california and most of their family is back there and when they had three kids in florida they were like yeah we're not fucking traveling so we had a lot of neat trick we had a free method yeah we had a lot of small christmases that were just us and maybe like a couple of cousins or something like you know pretty low-key but i do vividly remember one christmas probably in the like early 90s or so we're opening presents and my mom is not by nature an extraordinarily confrontational person. She likes to avoid conflict. She likes to smooth things over. That doesn't mean she like doesn't get angry or won't argue, but it, you know, it has to sort of reach a certain point. And usually when she does it, she's very upset. She's like worked up and she did something I've never seen her do on this Christmas before that day or really since she opened up a present from my father and the present was a salad shooter and if you're not (laughs) if you're not familiar with what a salad shooter is it's basically like a like a like a food processor but with the blade attachment and it's all sort of made so you can put salad vegetables in it will like slice them or julienne them then it'll just spit it out and the idea is like okay instead of cutting up a cucumber and some carrots on a cutting board, like it'll just spit them out. Also, you can really overclock these things if you want to. Right. So my mom unwraps the salad shooter in the box, looks at it and hands it to my father and just says, no. (laughs) (laughs) And that was, and that was it. We just like quietly like moved on to the next person to open a present. But she just, she just, as if, as if he had just like failed in some really functional way, like in the way if your father asked you like, Hey, can you bring me a Phillips head screwdriver? And you brought a spatula and he just said no and handed it back to you. That was the same emotional tenor of that Christmas moment. I'm not here to suggest that we, that we know early on in life, what our, what our own families in the future will be. But do you know who that story really reminds me of and who I could really see saying that? Your wife. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I will never get her a salad shooter. I've well, I, no, like, no, she's trained you well. I have, I have learned from my father's mistake. And isn't that what parents are supposed to do? Yeah. Yeah. Not necessarily. Okay. Oh, funny story. Okay. <laughs> my, my latest Christmas disaster is twofold and comes fresh from this Christmas. Shit. Yes. Yeah. One. If you have a six-year-old and a six-year-old 
whose desires and plans for this world are rather rigid, one might say, or rather specific. What they're expecting when they remove the wrapping paper from a present is the thing that they told you they wanted. When did they tell you they wanted it? 36 hours prior to Christmas. And you, rather nonchalantly, rolled it off saying, ah, surely this child who wants a thousand toys a day right. will want something else. And this morning when you asked him what he wanted to be when he grew up, he said uh, a ballerina and an astronaut. And yesterday when you asked him what he wanted to be when he grew up, he said president and a dinosaur. So Correct. Yeah. Understandable is what I'm saying. Right. This is. Some, some stones in this stream don't move and some of them do and you won't know which one of them uh, they are until you look for them and they're not there. I.e., my six-year-old opened the three carefully curated presents I purchased for him, looked at me on Christmas morning, and said, I didn't expect this. <laughs> I wanted this other thing. And you have let me down. He said wow. that? Yeah. <laughs> did, he like, say, did, he say, then, did he say, I'm not mad, I'm disappointed. This is a big improvement over the time I got him a book for his birthday mm -hmm. and I he feel, just like threw himself on the ground i feel like your son your son and my mom should just have christmas together and just be like have we do we agree what we're expecting here and have we met those expectations great let's open presents and have a single grilled cheese sandwich so was this was this pronouncement delivered what was his emotional state was the pronouncement delivered calmly no oh no. oh goodness okay. anger disappointment hurt Top of his lungs. How how long did that last? Five hours. What? Five hours. How many Dude other did people not were stop in the house? talking about it for five hours? What how was the thing he wanted in your so house? Bad? The thing he wanted so bad, it gets worse. It was a two thousand. It was a Hess truck. If you're not familiar with the Hess truck, it's Hess back and it's stations. all it's all new and better. Right, and they sell a very well made, cool. Hess truck that makes noises and is a pretty sizable, well-built toy, and they make a different one every year. Did he want the one that they made for this year, which oh, is a very no. large tow truck? Tastes. No, no. Somebody got a hold of my phone, managed, has enough wherewithal to search for Hess trucks archive, and wanted a 2012 Hess truck, a very specific one that is no longer sold at Hess gas stations and has to be ordered on eBay. Mind you, gonna remind you, 36 hours before Christmas, he decided this was the only thing he wanted. Five chronological 60 minute hours. Did he, he, want, did he want the helicopter and rescue truck collectibles? He wanted that, that is 12 and 0 Notre Dame Hess truck. It's only 13. Yeah. <laughs> it's only 1350. That that is the exact one. Goddamn, Spencer, that he you couldn't spend thirteen fifty on your child's <laughs> happiness. This is the worst part. Oh God, I've never seen you actually look mad at me. This is the worst <laughs> oh, part. Oh Jesus, don't do it that. Was, it wasn't even a matter Did of not getting it for Did you look at him like that? Him. I would have cried too. I wish you guys could see the look you just gave me. You could melt steel. I tried real to, hard. Okay. Uh -huh. How much would it have cost not to just buy it, but to like uh, over? Not, that's beyond overnighting it, right? Well, no, you just gotta yeah, find. You no, just gotta find done. somebody. You just gotta find somebody local who's selling it on eBay. Uh huh. So you just go down to the yeah, local Hess truck store. <laughs> yeah. I gotta hit the streets. 
slipping twenties to everybody at the shoe shine stands, mm-hmm. seeing if they know where you know I can pick up a Hess truck on the black market. Oh no! Yeah, that's that was my. That's awesome. Yeah, the second <laughs> Christ, the second Christmas disaster is even better because I really did give. Uh, I allowed my kids to open a present on Christmas Eve when they opened the present on Christmas Eve. What they discovered were a pair of Nerf guns. Were they the flashiest, biggest Nerf guns? No, those were the ones I got them the next day. These were a small pair of like basically pistol-shaped Nerf guns that fire a small your, ball. Your, your Saturday night special. No. Remember in Men in Black when mm-hmm. Will Smith gets the tiny yeah, gun? Yeah, the, the, the noisy oh, cricket. The noisy cricket. Yeah. yeah. And he pulls the trigger on the noisy cricket and it blows him back 20 feet and knocks out every window They're on a, a city block. They're a little bit bigger than the noisy cricket. They're like a Glock 26. Anyway. It doesn't matter how I know that. When I gave them all of that, I said, hey, boys, what you should do is you should not point these at anyone. Don't shoot each other with them. Don't shoot yourselves with them. And go play with them. (laughs) How long did it take for my elder child? The one? Nine. Okay. To shoot himself in the eye? Six minutes. How did he? Okay. Cop. I said, <laughs> what did you think would happen when you looked in the barrel of a Nerf gun and pulled the trigger? He said, I don't know. And I said, that's wrong. You do business know officer. Yeah, the scientific uh, method who, demands testing, asshole. Who else did he shoot? His grandmother. Sure. With a ball, by the way, that hits with the force of a fucking brick. Like, just... I, Spencer, why are you looking at me like that? So you got them like who right- gave these? Oh, oh, who gave these to my kids? Okay, Santa. We had to talk about this. <laughs> the one, the one where the we ball, the one where this. the ball hit my my mother, their grandmother, okay. so hard. I wrote that on the box around. that they only work outside and that they have to open them outside. A lady who's raised, I think, four boys at this point has experienced every kind of a name. Okay, stupid, now- masculine, misad possible we had a long conversation about this and you thought that they could handle these. she turned around immediately and said no 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 now listen kids santa said these are only for crowd control okay (laughs) disperse disperse spencer did you say that they were getting nerf guns on two separate days yeah so i got them nerf guns because Mm -hmm. i i thought that the Okay, I thought that if you got them the Nerf guns with the little balls, mm-hmm. that they would get lost immediately. Oh, no, they bounce right back to you after hitting someone at like <laughs> 85 miles an hour. I strategized this. Yeah, that's and we, the worst part. We had part. several conversations before I purchased these about could they handle these? Were they going to be used outside? Were we going to have a conversation with them about gun safety and how these aren't real guns and mm-hmm. how you shouldn't point them mm-hmm. or other guns at people? We did. And had, had, a, had that whole conversation. So I feel like all the contain breaking went on on your end. Uh-huh. Sure. You know, you can... Also, you yeah. gave them a Nerf grenade. Yeah. Yeah. I gave you a Nerf grenade. No, you gave my six-year-old a Nerf grenade. I gave you a Nerf grenade. And he set it off in the living room while everybody was there. Did I enjoy that? I actually did. I actually okay. really enjoyed watching everybody okay. wonder what the I'm, hell it I'm the cool aunt, in case you were wondering. There's my Christmas disasters, and they're fresh. <laughs> Look, I wrote only works outside on the package. I am, I am 
Yeah, I was gonna say I am exhumed. Uh, what's that thing, Ryan? I'm exonerate. You're exonerate. You're exonerated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I am also exhumed. I like um, that we also like now so established that Jason is just as much of a lawyer as I am. So that's completely... yep. I am. Yeah, he, I am he Ryan's pulled that immediately. Attorney. That was pretty good. Um, oh, Spencer's just kind of sitting hunched over in his chair and glaring at me with the weariness of a thousand generations. <laughs> good. Um, anyway, if you don't have kids, my recommendation is to buy noise making or shooting toys for all your friends who have kids because the kids will love you. And that's what matters. Yeah, that's right. We'll come back to us. You want to share a couple reader <laughs> misadventures first? No, no, I... no. I want to do mine. Okay. Uh, I, I think we need an emotional come down because you're still looking at me like you're going to shiv me. <laughs> oh, families are complicated. Yeah, families are complicated, right, buddy? Nerf shivs. What could go wrong <laughs> with nerf shivs? That's probably fine. <laughs> oh, also buy them extra ammo. Nerf poison. So I'm going to tell a quick story about, I'm going to give you guys an old Christmas story, a new Christmas story. I'm going to tell you the, uh, the story of three consecutive medical disaster Christmases in my house. Uh, and then I will tell you uh, an old favorite story about gravy and why we don't make gravy in my house anymore. Um, over a series of three consecutive Christmases in the early 20 teens, uh, since we're at the end of a decade right now, it feels appropriate to look back. All of the following things happened. Uh, I want to say this was 2010. This was the, this is actually a, a, a couple of funny stories rolled into one. This was in 2010, I think the first year that my brother and I had both brought our significant others home to my parents' house for Christmas. Um, and none of us at the time were married. And my mother is uh, not, not liberal, not liberal, but pragmatic, I think, about these matters. My father prefers to live in a world where uh, a don't ask, don't tell policy was, was very... I think was very much on his mind when he sat my brother and I down very seriously and informed us that my brother's girlfriend, who I had never met, and she's lovely, by the way, she's now my sister-in-law uh, and the mother of my two nieces, and she's lovely, but we had never met. And my father's idea of Christmas propriety was that she and I would share a bed, that she would sleep in my room with me and that what, my what size what size bed oh it's fine that's not an issue like i okay. my my mother has turned my childhood bedroom into a yoga studio slash gift wrapping closet and that included at one point wedging my parents old king bed into a room that's not really made to accommodate it so my room is basically like a romper room uh, like it's it's kind of like a trampling gym because this bed takes up most of it. So there's a king size bed in my in my childhood bedroom that is incredibly uncomfortable and way too small, but it's big. Um, it's it's a big bed in a small room, and but still, this is this is me sharing a bed with a with a person I had met that day who you know along with all of the uh, like the awkwardness right along mm -hmm. along with all of the general. You know, I'm meeting my boyfriend's family over the holidays for the first time, and I have to share a bed with his older sister. Like, that's some family stone shit. And he, so he explained this, and my brother and I are kind of cutting eyes at each other, being like, does he know what's happening next? And I said, so 
will will Doug and Joshua be sharing a bed? And my dad said, well, yes. And I was like, dad, you realize that like, if, if they roll towards each other, you know, things could touch. And I was kind of joking, <laughs> but my dad immediately started to stammer. And he's like, well, now you see. And that was it. Like we, we had held it in at that moment, but my brother and I fell out laughing in the floor. Um, Every time I see two, two dudes who, <laughs> two, two or three dudes who have to share a hotel room and inevitably like two of them or three of them have to end up in like a gigantic bed, right? Yeah. This happens in Vegas. People Which is fine. This is than... like puppies. Dicks touch. It happens. Two just... dicks touching by yeah. an open Which, fire. So, like Doug and my brother had known each other for a while at this point. I had never met the girlfriend. That was fine. My 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 sister-in-law, who was a stranger to me, and I sharing a bed was fine for my father. But the notion of two dicks sharing a bed that might wiggle towards each see, other just, put him off the entire plan immediately. I just see the I just see like bear like bear party right like in because we're bears. Yeah, we're yeah. in the bed. Uh, so that we're that plan ended fart. before it began. But so a, a Christmas that began like that ended with it's it's fine. My, my now sister-in-law's first Christmas with us. She was not feeling well and is, an, she's from Franklin, uh, and is an extremely uh, Franklinian girl, by which I mean she's extremely polite, uh, e- extremely proper in all things, and did not want to burden any of her hosts by mentioning that she wasn't feeling well. Uh, fast forward to Christmas Eve when my now sister-in-law is having an emergency appendectomy. <laughs> Good call. Because she's like, I really don't feel well. And she stands up and just hits the floor. Hey, hey, you know, you get at the hospital, your own damn bed. That's what. I know. Well, I asked her many years later, I was like, when you stood up and you're like, I don't feel good. Were you just going to go off in a corner and die like a cat? And she was like, look, whatever happened, I just wanted to do it quietly. Are you sure? Like, this is what I mean by Tennessee, Middle Tennessee being a little Midwestern. She's got no. It's very Minnesota. It's fine. But it's also very, it's also very East Tennessean because this was a Middle Tennessee girl coming to an East Tennessee household and adopting our tradition of, I'm either going to go die in the woods alone or I'm going to come back and be fine. Hi, could I, uh, could I trouble you for two ibuprofen, some socks to stuff in my mouth and a carving knife? Thank you. Yeah. I was like, what was going to happen if you had made it to the bedroom and just like laid down? So anyway, uh, the next Christmas after that, uh, about half of the family came down with coming out of both ends, stomach flu, on the same week as the entire sewer line on our street collapsed, hey, everybody, pay your taxes and don't vote down taxes to repair your city's water system. Because uh, sometimes your sewer lines on a street will collapse on Christmas Eve and none of your bathrooms will work and there will be sewage flooding up into the bathrooms on the lower floor of your house while half of your family is puking their guts up and shitting like minks. Um, I think we had, uh, I think we had Chinese food last year. Alex Kirshner and all of our chosen listeners are right. It's pretty good. And then the year after that, all of my boyfriend's family with whom I was supposed to spend Christmas was sick, except for, he's got a very large family and everybody except for me, him and his father were down with some kind of raging actual flu and we decided that we were going to have steak for Christmas dinner, like just the three of us, like let's make some steak and potatoes and just like, you know, sit out on the patio. 
And I try to do the steaks in the oven, not knowing that their oven fans did not work and almost set the house on fire. So that, that's, that's three Christmases in a row. I'll come back and tell the gravy story a little bit later because I feel like I've been talking a while. Let's get to some readers. Jason, please select a reader Christmas disaster. From longtime podcast reader Robert Bernard, 86. One Christmas, we had dinner at my aunt's house in Montgomery. My cousin's deadbeat live-in boyfriend decided to do the toast, which was surprising to all in attendance. He <laughs> proceeded to declare the following. Wow. Christmas already? <laughs> I thank God I'm here with y'all. This was supposed to be a surprise engagement party, but she said no, so we're just here together loving the Lord. <laughs> Wait, he said that or you said that, Jason? No, that, that was all the That's, following quote that from was, that uh, was cousin's, cousin's deadbeat live-in boyfriend. That's beautiful, man. Man. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying from now on. Things go real sour in a social situation. <laughs> We're just, just, the Lord. We're just here together, loving. That's like how'd Clemson get to the playoff? Just here together, loving the that's Lord. That's what yeah. Manny. That's what Manny Diaz should have said after yeah. the bowl game. I thought for a minute when, like, you know, I recently got done watching Florida win the Orange Bowl, uh, which they did. Now I'm going to mention that for the next year. Uh, I didn't it's get a the chance. Least consequential Orange Bowl. I felt like I've. Ever oh, we watched. don't care about Michigan beating Florida or Florida beating Michigan anymore. I can. Interesting. I can continue to mention that too. But you know, we on this new thing. Did you call no, anybody a Walmart person at this just Orange Bowl? Overwrite no. the tape in your brain. Just never ever mention Michigan ever again. No, I mean, the, like Florida has beaten Virginia in bulk season every year now. Yeah, it's very hard to make fun of Virginians on a level that's anything but super obscure references to like property rights over human rights. Monticello, Montehelmo. Yeah. <laughs> you dipshit. You you designed a round room. You know how hard that is to decorate. Thank you also to the Twitter user who replied to Richard's jokes about Monticello. Richard's excellent jokes about Monticello by calling it Motel Three Fifths. Yeah, that was oh boy. Woo! Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, anyway, I, I, I was thinking of the moment when UVA looked like they might be making a move on an extremely sleepy and uninterested Florida at one point and thought, I'm just here loving the Lord, man. Just watching it happen. Whenever Cousin's deadbeat living boyfriend stands up and says, <laughs> I got something to say. I got, I, I, listen, I, <clears throat> let, me, let me just say a few words. That is that is among the most special possible moments. You can I have. like. I really like that he led with like, "Wow, Christmas already!" Like he he displayed a surprising lack of context for where he was and why he was there. I don't know. I kind of read that as an attempt at a smoking jacket reveal. Like, oh, hello, uh -huh. I didn't see you there. Right. Right. At yeah. one. At one. In Only he landed on Christmas, huh? <laughs> at one. In, at one in-laws Christmas, like the the real well-off in-laws, the definitely tipsy auntie stood up and said wayne's here we're gonna give a special gift to wayne oh no wayne kind of looked like wayne wayne looked like a wayne and okay. wayne was from apopka i don't know somewhere Oof. in that part of florida all right and he stood up and goes i'm so happy to be here with y'all I, I ain't hearing voices no more and then oh hey wayne and then how for do some, you know and then for some reason the tipsy aunt draped like a $200 bathrobe over him and said, that robe's yours now, Wayne. And someone from the family leaned over in my ear and on cue said, he got hit by a train. 
plane. So, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Holly, Holly, how about you share a reader one? Oh, boy. Uh, this, this actually reminded me of a Christmas disaster of my youth. I should say also that uh, my, like Ryan, I mostly had small Christmases. We, we lived very far away from uh, our massive extended families uh, when I was a kid. And uh, my parents each have one sibling. So uh, it's, it's a different story now because my, my brother and I both married into families much larger than our own. But it, it usually like Ryan when it was growing up, it was just uh, me and my brother and my parents. So I, I say this to preface the story of reader Stephen Kahn 12. I was 12, says Stephen Kahn 12. Middle brother was 16. Oh, dear. And oldest brother was 20. Once again, in keeping with our earlier disaster episode patterns, you will find that whenever multiple brothers and or uncles are involved, things going to get rowdy. Middle brother <laughs> put two t-shirts. This was presumably before Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy, so congratulations. Middle brother put two t-shirts in a box labeled for me and oldest brother with the note, fight for them. We did. <laughs> All this family, wait for it. All family members cried. <laughs> Christmas was suspended for hours and never really resumed. Wait for it. Over a Denver Nuggets shirt. <laughs> There's one other really great thing to do if you have a, a younger sibling uh, or cousin uh, who really likes, say, Legos, is to do what my mother did for years and put five or six Lego bricks into a shirt box that is the rest of the way full of socks or sensible pajama pants. And so when your sibling goes down to shake the presents with their name on them, they think they're getting a stack of Lego boxes and it's all Dockers, my man. Jesus. Yeah. <clears throat> I want to yeah, assign- you, you say we learn from the women in our family. Yeah. Hi, I, mom. I like that one because it was two shirts. There's two brothers. Yeah, what? So he just, I assume it, he could have just had a since, note that said fight for them. Since Steven, the little brother, ended up with the Denver Nuggets shirt, I assume he lost the fight to the 20-year-old, unless 20-year-old oh, is okay. I thought fighter. they had to so, fight like, over the both other shirts. shirt would have been as superior to a Denver Nuggets shirt. If we're talking like if we're talking like rainbow logo Nuggets shirt, I'm not sure what could be superior to that. Yeah. I, I am I, I want to assign some blame here. First, Ooh. um the most blameworthy of these brothers is the oldest brother because oh, yeah. he, because he's twenty mm -hmm. and if if you're twenty and you get a Chris if you're twenty you've seen a lot of Christmases you understand how shit's supposed to go and if you open a present that says fight a twelve year old you have the wherewithal to say no I will not do that on Christmas what if the present appears it came from the baby Jesus. In that limited circumstances, yes, but there was no suggestion that that happened here. So oldest brother, most to blame. Middle brother, second most to blame. Yes, he set it up, but middle brothers are supposed to cause problems. And he's 16. Like, it's a perfect storm. There's only so much that can happen. Good news, Steven, you are the least blameless because you are 12 and a, your 20-year-old older brother uh, presumably came to, like, form tackle you over a Denver Nuggets shirt. The fact that you got out alive. Yeah, of course all family members cried. That's what that's what was going to happen. But it's I mean, not your fault. What if they cried about like the pathetic display of combat? Yes. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Choke him out. This is terrible mat work. 
No ground game. It doesn't say whether this is an Ohio State fan. So we you're really a foot taller than him. Come on. <laughs> I get the. I get is calling your name. Spinning kick. Spinning kick. Yeah, unless oh. unless the whole family's yelling "Holy shit!" at once after you pile drive him, <laughs> did you really even fight? I get the twenty where the twenty year old's coming from though. They're the oldest. They didn't get away with anything. Mm. That twelve year old. 12-year-old doesn't have a job at 12 like the 20-year-old did. 20-year-old had to go to public school. 20-year-old. They might not be Ohio State fans. If they're Ohio, Ohio fans, that 12-year-old might be a minor. That, yeah. I mean, M-I-N-E-R. Yeah. A minor, I know a minor, minor. I know the 20-year-old definitely was a minor. I know the 20-year-old's got a chip on his shoulder. But I'll minor. push like that 12-year-old and that 16-year-old. Let me say this. The 16-year-old, that's the real villain here. That's middle child behavior. Every middle child I've ever known is the one who. Should we? Should we? Do, you're talking about your sister. Walks into the room, farts, and goes, "Who did it?" My um. Let's all dis- disclose our birth orders. So so there, oldest. Other, I get it. Another important note here about Stephen. He's a Notre Dame fan from New York. Woo! End up in this mix. Um, Stephen, please let us know this. Um. So I'm also oldest. My middle brother, the aforementioned Todd. Uh, his the shittiest thing the he ever did pod. the on the shittiest thing he ever did for Christmas one year when we were probably all in like middle school high school age we weren't as the children were not giving each other presents me my brother and my sister until he decided in the middle of opening presents Christmas morning to go to his room take two like standard letter envelopes fill each with eight quarters seal them write my name and my sister's name on each of them and hand them out just so he could just so he could be a shit about i gave you a christmas gift and you gave me nothing oh god middle child behavior yeah classic todd just the worst thanks a lot todd throw him throw him out of the light Uh, jason let's 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 hear a reader story from you uh, I claimed a few because I personally do not have any tales of Christmas excitement that I can recall. We have many adventures on other holidays, but for whatever reason, Christmas is pretty by the book. Uh, from Sarah Cannon, day after Christmas, my seniorish year of college, we fly from DFW to ATL with the goal of renting a car, then driving to final destination in South Carolina. Arrive, they are out of rental cars, like completely out. Not a single company has cars. To my knowledge, we, rated, we waited in the rental car terminal for roughly the length of World War II. Ended up taking, taking MARTA out as far as it would go. Now, you folks who uh, are not from Atlanta, you might assume MARTA being the public transit uh, institution in the city of Atlanta that, it, you know, okay, we're talking like pretty far out there. No, we're talking like nine feet in each major cardinal direction, and that is the extent of MARTA. It goes yeah. like a block in each direction, and that's it. Get in a car. So we go back to Sarah. She takes Marta as far as it can go. Then she takes a taxi to Wendy's where we were retrieved by my godfather who drove from South Carolina to get us. I, wanted to, I wanted to take the time to plot the map, like the closest Wendy's to the, the easternmost Marta stop. I was going to say like, we're Mar- probably talking like Marta's like, bad, we're but probably talking go like to South Carolina. nine miles from the airport here. And then yeah. we're probably seriously probably talking 1% of the way to wherever you're going in South Carolina. <laughs> hey, I did a little. You have to give me credit. I did a like, little. You literally took a plane, a train, and an automobile to go nine <laughs> miles into Atlanta. Hell yeah. Hey, I, I actually had to do this in the days before GPS. My parents moved while I was at college, and I still found them. 
And <laughs> what do you, as opposed Damn, to right, what? Spencer, are you a detective or something? I am. He can, e- he can echolocate. This man's a fucking bounty hunter. He's they had gi- to tell he's me. He's a giant dolphin. I wasn't real sure where they were. So <laughs> they just told dollars. me to they just told me to meet them at a Waffle House. And then I had to. Oh, no. Yeah. Then they had to pick me up there. Oh, they did. They specified which Waffle House? Kind of. Okay. How, how many did what? you go through before you had eliminated enough? Two, two, actually, because they were real close. Yeah. That was my bad. But yeah, I forgot that in Georgia, there's a Waffle House. And then there's usually a Waffle House over there. Can yeah. you Can you imagine how pissed Sarah's godfather was? Because he's... It's the day after Christmas. He's sitting at home being like, cool, people are coming to me. I can just sort of like bask in post-holiday lazitude. And then you get that phone call that's like, hey, I'm calling you from a Wendy's. You need to drive from South Carolina to this Wendy's and then back to South Carolina. Hey, Pop Pop, we're at the Wendy's. Can you come get us? Okay, which one? Oh, it's like 45 (laughs) feet away from the (laughs) Yeah, it's in, the, it's in the airport. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like one stop away from we're the in, airport. We're at Terminal B. <laughs> Somehow this is where I will defend backwards. Marta because it's, you know, it, it didn't go real far, but it was not going to take you to the South Carolina border, <laughs> y'all. Even Marta was like, I ain't going there. Um, okay, I would like to uh, claim, the, the, I sort of tried to find a common theme for a lot of the ones that I claimed, and they are... Uh, my favorite kind of Christmas disaster, which is you try to do something cute and it goes terribly fucking wrong. This is my favorite of those. This is from Jim Gordon, not spelled the way you think. Wow. Mm. On Twitter. My first Christmas, my parents art directed the shit out of the presents and tree with the idea of capturing <laughs> oh my, my sense of joy and wonder with their newly purchased first gen camcorder. Oh, no. After getting everything arranged, there was a knock on the door. The college-age sons of our neighbors, who got a kick out of my dad, himself a dormant bro, inviting my folks over for drinks. Dad stays up until 3 a.m., wakes up with a smoking hangover, and proceeds to record my entire Christmas morning with no tape in the camera. Yes! My mother, fuming, is forced to put me down for a nap, and rewrap all of the presents what? for take two. Forced? No, forced <laughs> no. is not the word. Forced by her own psychosis. Yes, but but listen, and I don't want to do the whole. I I have backtracked on my stance on Christmas, as previously stated on this podcast. I think Christmas is fine and often good. Uh, but there we go. But there are people who are so into it that, like, I think everybody knows one person like this mom who's like we will do christmas if it kills every one of us i don't care if we have to spend six days getting it right we will fucking do christmas and you will i will i will put you under with an an anesthetic just to make sure we get christmas right god damn it i'm gonna dip in here with a story about my own mother who is is this person uh and who I have come to respect in the years since the chip she implanted in my brain exploded at age 25. And now I'm like, Oh, Oh, you're absolutely right. Um, I had come home. I I was the first one in the house uh, at one point during our college years, it was just going to be my brother and me. And I was the first one home and dropped my bags and 
was in the living room and mom came through and I noticed that she had built a a pyramid of of tangerines in a, a glass bowl on the coffee table. It was really pretty. I was like, you know, hey, fruit. Your mom, fruit. your mom won the citrus bowl. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was, it was kind of like that. But she had built like this this perfect. I guess it wasn't a no, it was a pyramid. It was four sided. It was flat on top. Like right? like a ziggurat. Yeah, yeah. She had, she had, listen. Our house ran on the Hammurabi code. Okay, so this makes <laughs> a lot of sense. And I I noticed it was flat on top and. I said, you know, did I made some comment about did dad come in and swipe the tangerine off the top of the pyramid? And she sighs and she goes, no, I was taking one last sweep through the house. And again, this is just me and my brother coming home. But, you know, this is and I don't make fun of this anymore because this is what makes my mother psychologically soothed is by having a place for everything and everything in its place. And she says, I was doing my final sweep through the house. And she says, sweep. And I'm imagining predator vision. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Or maybe Terminator vision. She has aspects of both. And she said, I was I was walking towards the table and the tangerine on the top of the pyramid had rolled off. And she said, as I walked towards it, I realized that I was glaring at it as though I could admonish it to leap back up onto the top of the pyramid. And I said, Well, what'd you do? And she's like, Oh, well, I ate it, of course. I was like, Did you teach <laughs> other tangerines a lesson? Mm-hmm. I was like, did you eat it in front of them? She's like, yeah. Yeah, I wow. did. Wow. I'm imagining, by the way, her just biting into it, peel and all. Yeah. And just like letting the juice drip down her, which she never would have done. Uh, just while staring at this this pyramid of fruit, daring it to jump out of line. Parroting the dialogue for the tangerine. Do it! Yeah. Um, Come on! Yeah. The To go back to Jim's story very briefly, I, I would contest, and maybe I'm wrong, that there is no worse hangover than Christmas morning hangover. Like it is the, mm. it is a terrible decision mm. that only gets worse over the course of the day. It like, uh, if, if your choice is go have fun at a Christmas party on Christmas Eve or stay home and you have chicken noodle soup and go to bed at nine 30, please pick the the soup in the early bed. This is extremely tricky for those of us of the Catholic slash Episcopal slash Orthodox mm, persuasion right. who have midnight Christmas services to deal with and then come home and drink after. Yeah, it's, it's bad news bears. Y'all turn it up at midnight Catholic church. That's what happens. Oh yeah. Well, it this, the idea is the Catholics service ends at midnight yell. Yeah. Yeah. Catholics <laughs> the, at midnight, yeah. The idea is that the idea at our church at home is that it like it starts at ten thirty, so you are out at midnight. Except some years the church has a new music director and he wants the orchestra that somebody has brought in <laughs> to honor their dead mother, because usually we have like an oboe or some shit. He brought a twelve piece orchestra with a timpani into the church. And by the way, that means nobody can take communion at the altar rail. Everybody has to take communion in the aisles. Let me tell you who's happy about that. Nobody. And sometimes when you say you want the orchestra to play selections from the Messiah starting at 1030 at night, you don't get out of church until 1245. Y'all, it was a long December for me. Let me tell you. He took the Patron, gave it to his disciples and said, take this and get lit. Take this (sighs) and lean back. Also, they are redecorating a bunch of the interior of the church that looks hideous. Except unless they are trying to, uh, unless those are not really Celtic crosses and an implication that Jesus and his disciples carried throwing stars, in which case, rock on. 
Spencer. I, I just want to note I've spent two minutes thinking about how all Aggies are Catholics. There's, listen, there's a lot of graven idols uh, on both sides. Yeah, except, you know, you have to work a collie in there. Honestly, not. Wait, is, is Reveille the Pope that, in this? That's, that's, yeah, yeah, that's the easiest part. Pope yeah. Reveille, oh, Pope man, Reveille the, the Ninth? Ivy. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. yeah. All right. Mass, how do we know Mass? Deck the halls with bows to collies. Spencer, please pick one. <laughs> pick one before I keep punning. I'm going to take Jack of Dan's here because it's as Georgia as hell. This specifies that this is Columbus, Georgia, Woo! not Columbus, Ohio. I have spent a couple years there, and let me tell you, this is Georgia-Bama, for yeah. those of you who don't know where it is. I have to say Columbus, Georgia, and not Columbus, Ohio, because now every Ohio State fan gets to get in their feet fees. Talk about the books! Talk about the books! We're not going to. But why? Because we're talking about people who won Christmas. Tadow. That's okay. Sometimes you You, you can know. reach me at Alex Kirshner. Oh wow, that's just rude. Uh, well he's already he's already fending him off. He's playing a perfect game of Galaga out there. I'm just giving him a little target practice. No, Alex will be delighted by this. Oh yeah. SEC doesn't want me to have a Nintendo Switch for Christmas. <laughs> you can only make our boy AK stronger. I was 10, and it was our first Christmas in Columbus. It had been a very tough transition to a new town. Columbus sucks. This is true. None of that matters, because on Christmas Day, I watched my dad accidentally shoot himself in the leg with a forty-five while attempting to clear a jam. Now, do you feel better about your children? A little bit. Yeah. It gets better, though. Cracked his femur in half. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, for real, his dad could have Wait, died. so he really had his... Li- uh, why'd you brace your 40? So he braced his 40. He had to have braced his 45 directly into his leg. Uh-huh. You, oh my God. I think, I think there being a bullet in it is the main problem. Also, <laughs> it, well, it, hey, it cleared the jam, didn't it? Cracked his femur in half, and we learned that sticking your finger in the hole is a bad idea. I'm going to go out on a limb Who's here. Whose finger? And, I'm going to go out on a limb here and said sticking your finger in the hole is probably just a bad idea before you do it. Mm. Should have seemed like a bad idea. Great news, Holly. It doesn't matter whose finger. Anyone's finger is a Anyone's. bad idea. They're, these aren't specified, by the way, whose fingers these are, right? <laughs> but I pretty much figured that putting a finger in the wound is a is a terrible idea. But fortunately, now that we're down the highway of bad ideas mm. and have passed several exits on that, that highway, we're about to take another because... 2020, we're going to talk about muzzle discipline, y'all. Uh, because the muscle contractions mean the paramedics cannot get it out, it being a finger, until they knock you out later at oh, the yeah, ER. Oh, yeah, he's got sarlacc leg. Yeah, so you put put it in there, muscle contractions pull up, and then you just have your finger stuck in a hole. You've created two problems. Yeah. Two problems, shooting yourself in the leg. You've become an Ouroboros. This is a lot better if it's someone else's finger, because now they have to walk along <laughs> Playing the fucking knockout game. We're brothers now. <laughs> so, yeah. Also, by the way, if I have my finger in someone's leg and I can't get it out, sedate me. I don't care. Hit me with a hammer. Mm. Take a blackjack to the back of my skull, please. I don't want to remember any of this. Mm. There's a kicker. This was also the year I learned about Santa. <laughs> I like that it doesn't specify this was the year I learned Santa is fake because... 
What, oh, what you're, su- you're suggesting it could be that this was the time a 10-year-old was like, oh, yeah, also Santa's the thing we do at Christmas. That does sound like a thing that somebody's middle brother would say while, like, solemnly surrounding a hospital bed containing your prone father. Yeah, I think it, I'm picturing, like, all right, so dad's, dad's thigh, there's blood geysering to the ceiling or whatever. Well, mm-hmm. until he and, puts his finger in it. And, and, well, and, yeah. and uh, I'm going to go with grandpa. Grandpa yeah. comes over and shoves his finger in it because it's what they did in World War One. Rowdy and grandpas. At that moment, Jacket Dan th- thinks, this is amazing. Santa is real. <laughs> it's just what i asked for it's like only, it's like an insane I, demented religious vision kind of I, thing i asked santa for this exact scenario and it happened not that he wants it i think it's more just that like you know only in a world in which santa is real could such an insane thing happen yeah the but only... i like i like the idea of a 10 year old sitting in santa's lap and santa's like and what do you want for, and i want my father to shoot himself in the leg okay <laughs> so we've turned jacket dan into like our, our arch super villain here yeah mm-hmm it's good I, to have jobs. There's only <laughs> once there's only one saving grace in this entire story, and it's the word accidentally. Because the only thing that could have been worse is his dad going, Yeah, you know what I got you for Christmas? Bam! <laughs> now watch this. Yeah. Watch, you, watch this would be the key here. I, I also you could have accidentally shot your own father in the leg because you think you're never winning a fight with your dad now. Imagine if you cracked his fucking femur. We were oh. fight. We were fighting over a Denver Nuggets shirt. It's oh, not my fault. <laughs> it was a vintage Matumbo. I, I keep pulling stories out of the depths, but as we are talking about dad fighting, I am reminded of a story I heard from someone else over Christmas break while I was back in my hometown. Uh, we all love the series on friend of the program Bomani's radio show about the time you tried to fight dad and how it always goes well. But I heard over Christmas break, maybe the saddest one of these I've ever heard, which is uh, a buddy of mine who's extremely tall, you know, fairly, fairly well built. You know, he's, he's not a, he's not ripped, but he's not a skinny dude. However, he has a dad who I actually don't know if he's, uh, if he's arm, just army army or some kind of special forces situation, but he, he's got a jacked military dad, right? And like a a very Larry Fedora, but the troops type dad. And apparently at one point uh, in high school, my buddy, who I'm going to call Nate, because that's his name, attempted to swing on his dad. And his dad, he says, stepped backwards out of the reach of the punch, looked at him for a second, and just rolled his eyes and turned his back on him and walked away. (laughs) Wow. Which is, I think, worse than getting your ass kicked. He was like, he said he looked mad for a second and then was just like, oh, God. You're not not even worth it. (laughs) No, he just, and also he turned his back on him while his son was in a physical rage and just ambled off down the drive. Damn. (laughs) Oh, families are great, man. Damn. Yeah, you're his son forever. Oh, clearly. That's how it works. Yeah. Um, Holly, you want to pick one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's, oh, I, I picked out my favorite one. I, I too, look for themes. Uh, and in this one, that theme was uh, Destin, Florida. <laughs> one Christmas, says Rear Leah, Leah Goldman, 91. The whole family was down in Destin, Florida. Mom and her siblings spent all day making an elaborate Christmas dinner. See, some people in Florida celebrate, Ryan. It's okay. Uh, oh, no, wait. The problem is that you're Californian, isn't it? Yes, correct. That kind of heathen. All right. 
Uh, we all sat down to dig in, and she takes one bite and immediately starts choking. She swallowed a grouper bone, and it got stuck in her throat. The closest hospital was like a half an hour from Destin back then. My aunt took the kids into a bedroom because they didn't know if my mom would die waiting on the ambulance. She ended up being fine, but this is what got me. We still have that damn grouper bone. Leah, you need to write us back because I need to know in what situation you still have that grouper bone. Christmas ornament, right? That, that's the first thing I yeah. thought of. I was like, did you wrap this in tinsel and hang it from a tree? Is it floating in a mason jar with an unidentified liquid in a curio cabinet? Does it have its own pin spot in your, uh, in your family's Christmas china cabinet? Uh, t- tell me. Uh, send us a photo. I need to know how you store these bones. Also, if you guys have stories of trauma trophies, this is one of my favorite things of people who choose to keep, uh, you know, teeth that they've lost in a fight uh, and, and whatnot. But if you have trauma trophy stories, please send them to me because I need to know more about what has become of this bone that almost took down your mom. So here's my hope. My hope is that in Leah's family, there's now a holiday, a holiday tradition. Um, where one random person in the family gets the grouper bone as their Christmas gift and their only Christmas gift. And the idea is your gift this year is that you're still alive. You shouldn't ask for anything else, no toys, no clothes, no gift cards, nothing. You get the grouper bone as a reminder that you persist. It's very Brian, brilliant. now you're East Tennessean. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have to try and eat it? <laughs> Yeah, if you were, I was going to say, the Floridian thing thing would be to try and best that bone in single combat every year. I got this. But the Florida thing is like, grouper, huh? Oh, all right, I know. (laughs) That's good. I can do that. Christmas grouper, though. Um, Okay, I have another attempt at cuteness. This is from Evan Sachs. Uh, We have columns on our front porch that my parents wrap garland around each December. They would trade off standing on the ladder, wrapping it around, while the other held the ladder steady. Oh, boy. One year, my mom noticed a bird's nest and told my dad to go get a flashlight to see if there were any baby birds. She shines the light, and before she can see any birds, a squirrel jumps out at her. She She falls off the ladder and into the bushes, narrowly missing the concrete porch. Dad can only laugh. Are these Auburn fans? (laughs) This might be Auburn fans. I hope so. My wife fell down a cliff. (laughs) (laughs) Christmas cliff wife. (laughs) All all dads are, uh, all dads are wife guys, aren't they? Yeah. uh, Yeah. Joseph was the original wife guy. If you think about it. Wow. Um, My theme was, uh, my theme is always. Was Joseph the most wife guy or was Abraham the most wife guy? Abraham was very wife guy. I mean, that's like Joseph it's, it's, was incredibly wife guy. No, this is what I'm saying. Are, are we, if if we were doing like a biblical wife guy off, do you want wife guy in terms of the quality of your wife guyness, Joseph, or the quantity of your wife guyness, Abraham? You don't was, want lo- you don't want lot. Was Samson the first cuck? Folks, Ryan Nanny is actually <laughs> our boss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, my theme is uh derelict fathers and why that's no reason right what you know (laughs) so the theme uh continues here with uh at 
JB Anderson CPA. Glad to see you've made something important out of yourself, JB. What? It's, it's a CPA. Ah. No, that last name is Onkpa. Onkpa? Okay. Yeah. Say hello to the entire Onkpa family for me. They're all CPAs, coincidentally. It's wild. Oh, of the Charleston Onkpas. They're not received. He says, as a child of divorce, Christmas with my father was always different. Different. Strong lead. We'd celebrate late or without much planning. A coworker of his would drive us several hours to meet him somewhere in the middle of state, <laughs> etc. I, I like that. I, I need more about this. That what? makes it sound like you're constantly doing a hostage exchange on Christmas. Fucking situation. Hey, Mary, this, hey, hey, we're getting together for Christmas. No cops. Also, why was the coworker several hours away? Never mind. Put this, put this hood over. You this can't see like anything. This is like a Christmas fox chicken <laughs> rowboat problem. Yeah. Fucking when you get there, like sit on a park bench holding a newspaper, you will be contacted by a man in an <laughs> overcoat. It will not be your father. <laughs> Why do we exchange gifts by dead drop? <laughs> More like dad drop. One year we celebrated on New Year's Day and had a fire going as open presents. House caught on fire, chimney specifically. How the First- fuck does a chimney catch on fire? <laughs> Uh, pretty common, um, actually. Yeah, if you don't poor poor chimney maintenance. Yeah, poor chimney maintenance. It's 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 very common. Really oh, so 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 that. when you don't act like when you don't get up in there and empty the thing up there. Yeah, and, and correct. Really, what he's talking about here is a fire contained within the chimney. Like if you have a bunch of birds, or in our case, one year raccoons, uh, building a habitat above the closed. Uh, was the flu? The flu. Yeah. Uh, above mm-hmm. the closed chimney flu. Yeah. Well, yeah, raccoon think... stuck in the chimney, that's called Christmas feast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a roast. You think the raccoons, when the smoke started, were like, ooh, aromatherapy. Oh, no! <laughs> no. Uh, first fire of the new year, and the TV crew seemingly got there at the same time as the fire trucks. One year, he failed to put tags on our presents. Everyone opened randomly, but love that gift? Sorry, that's for your brother. Not sure how Santa magic wasn't spoiled when I was little. Because Santa was very negligent. Only topped by the year he had no time to wrap anything. So we alternated putting paper bags over our heads to open. So read that last sentence again. We alternated putting paper bags Mm -hmm. over Over our our heads heads to open. Man. Yeah, again, I think think your father. Just just uh, get gift bags, dude. I think your father was a spy because you had to meet him at undisclosed locations. You had to mm-hmm. put a bag over your head. Yeah. yeah. Is this is this Fargo season four? Yeah, didn't put tags on the presents because you can't leave personal names because he doesn't want you to get hurt by the work that he does, right? Mm-hmm. No and one was here. No one was here. No one was here. I'm not related to anybody. Right? Merry Christmas, Dad. I'm Walter this year and we've never met. I love yeah. the paper bags over the heads part because it's like these these items that we are exchanging these aren't the real gifts. The real gifts are your heads. That's would... the things we will unwrap <laughs> together. Look at that! You got a head. Um, wait, Ryan. Ryan there's your a, beautiful there's a story face about... is the greatest gift I've ever seen. Ryan, there's a story about heads in here that I think you wanted to tell. Is is there? Wait, yeah. Do you, do you want to go to JT oh, Gator's story? Yeah. Okay, this is, a, this is a good short one. This is from JT Gator 813. <clears throat> family made elaborate personalized gingerbread people for each member of the family to hang on the tree Christmas Eve. Again, 
just trying the cutest shit in the world. I love it. I love the ambition. I love the like, yes, we're going to do this thing. It's going to be a special heartwarming memory. Here is how that memory goes. Cookies were insufficiently cooled and we awoke to personalized disembodied heads hanging from the tree (laughs) and severed gingerbread bodies around it. Fuck yes. I love, I love when cute Christmas shit goes wrong because it goes, it turns so dark and so wrong immediately. And it's like, it's the best way that, that a warm and tender moment can just become fucking like hilariously warm tragic. and tender, like a, like a freshly baked gingerbread man. The mm-hmm. problem is they were not warm and they were too warm. Yeah. Too problem, tender. Right? But the body's not cold. <laughs> There's another chimney story in here uh, that I would like to get at from Twitter. John Sigler. Uh, Mom noticed weird noises coming from the chimney a few days before Christmas. Oh, this has happened in my house. Dad denied any pranks, which was our first suspicion. So he opened the baffler and put a Tupperware in there to catch one of the chimney swifts we knew nested up there. Uh, Note to city folks, those are birds. Figuring that one had fallen. On Christmas morning, (laughs) someone assigned this story to me. I haven't read it yet. On Christmas morning, we had forgotten about the chimney until a fully grown barn owl fell down, (laughs) covered in soot and mad as hell. It was blinded by the lights and started to fly around. And when my mom thought to turn off the ceiling fans, dad froze and went on to himself about how beautiful the owl was. I love this. I love the dad paralyzed in the corner, waxing about the beauty of nature, while my 6'4", 350-pound uncle tried to hide behind the couch, the rare, unrowdy uncle. Mm. My mom ran to get a broom while I ducked behind the corner. The owl landed on my uncle's (laughs) neck. Dad urged him not to move and kept saying how cool this was. Mom returned with a broom, which she poked at the owl until it hopped off. She then stepped to the living room door to let it out. It flew away shrieking. We all kind of laughed nervously while my uncle left and went to Vicksburg and didn't come back for a few years. He still gets real disturbed (laughs) if you hoot at him. The Vicksburg de-owling program. <laughs> the owl, the owl followed imaginary jail rules. It, wa- it walked into the yard and said, "I got to fight the biggest guy yeah, here." But you know what doesn't happen in jail is some other inmate being like, "Wow, what a beautiful inmate!" <laughs> so cool. Uh, disagree. <laughs> so cool, man. D- disagree there, pal. I, I love. Know, I love. Every, every good jailhouse has like, a coach. hold your large ass still. There's a beautiful creature on. You. This is also a good swerve for us because. Um, while, as usual, the mom is running around trying to solve problems while the menfolk are useless, it's not because they caused the problem themselves. No. They're mm-hmm. just paralyzed by the beauty and or terror of nature. I um, haven't really felt seen in this entire series of stories until I got to this dad. That's exactly what I would do. Holly, I assigned this one to you, and I think I think it's clear why. No. Appreciate you. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> all right, I want to do a quick grandfather one. This is from our, our buddy Matt Barrio 5 on Twitter. Grandfather received a massaging chair back. He accidentally threw it in the burn barrel with the wrapping paper. What? (laughs) Hold on. Then angrily tried to return it to Target, claiming they'd sold an empty box despite photographic evidence of him holding it when he opened it. (laughs) 
what a fucking fraudulent flex. <laughs> what what part of Florida is this person from? Stealing <laughs> mm, like loots. Oh, I was. Oh, say- this is a Georgian. Okay, I'll accept that. Um, uh, yeah, this is man. I I I really fe- I really feel for the Target employee who had to have this conversation with this angry lying grandpa. Oh man, I bet they do this a lot. Yeah. There was nothing in here. It definitely isn't in a fire pit somewhere. Why would you claim that? God. I'm going to go ahead and just say that this happened in uh, Swainsboro. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I got some more dad content. Great. Yeah, yeah, bring it. From Justin Lewis, 1125. Dad insisted on driving to family friend's house near the top of a mountain in a snowstorm over mom's objections. It's always the, the, so the snow itself isn't the real obstacle. The real obstacle is, of course, mom's objections. Mm -hmm. Dad puts the truck in a ditch once and (laughs) knocks out a power box another time, but eventually makes it. We have to leave 20 minutes later to save another family from the ditch that their dad has just put them in trying to get to the same house. Mom still brings it up to this day. Man. Just a never-ending series of dads, Like, like later on in the night, it's like, oh no, Dad Seven is in the ditch. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That makes it like a call sign. Like, there's a whole X-wing squadron. Right. Dad Seven standing dad, by. Dad leader, dad leader down. <laughs> no, right now you ju- no you joke, but my sister at one point lived up in Hall County. They lived up on a couple of hills, and one day when it iced over, um, I was over there and just kind of was stuck. Right, you're just like, I can't go anywhere. Um, you know, we're just going to sit here for a minute because we're sensible. And we started to hear like, boom, a couple of minutes would pass. Boom. So I walk about like a block and a half down to the entry of the subdivision. And there are people gradually and slowly piling their cars, trying to exit the subdivision into the same ditch. When I got there, there were three cars in the ditch. When I left, there were eight and there are people at the bottom sitting there looking at the top going, don't do it. Don't. Just don't. And at the top, somebody behind the wheel going, you know. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. That's not why I bought a Tahoe. <laughs> going down. Um, of those eight drivers, how many were men? Eight. Eight. Six. Wow. Okay. Six. All right. The woman, the woman was the funniest though, because all the dudes had this look of grim determination on their face, like, "Damn it, I'm just gonna ride this." I can, I can do, I can do it. I'm better than they are. Like even when they realized it was going sideways, they were like, "You know what? I bought this ticket. I'm gonna take this ride." And the women were like, "This didn't work out the way I thought it would. How? How?" And I love that because they believed there was a better world where they could have made this. Whereas the guys were like, "Well, there's life again, isn't it?" Dads, dads think they can drive through anything. It's really amazing. Like, if when Vesuvius erupted, there had been cars at the time, there would have been Greek dads being like, "We can make it through it." Hey, hey, listen, you just gotta, you just gotta like, if it starts to fishtail, it's no problem. You just gotta know how to handle it. Yeah, they're just gonna quote like three or four little simple rules. (laughs) All its own. Uncle, use your handbrake and all that type of shit. Yeah, when when the lava starts to hit the tire, 
just just put it in neutral. You know, a buddy of mine used to drive through lava. He said the thing was you'd always want to put a lot of weight on the back wheel. Yeah. We should we should make this an annual feast day, the uncles of Pompeii. Put a couple of cinder blocks in the back of that chariot. You're gonna skate right through Herculane. Hey, hey, don't worry. They told you to put chains on the tires for lava. (laughs) I got a two by four in the back. We can always get it out if we need to. Don't worry about it. I want to say follow this. me if they're telling you that. I want to say this, by the way, that our grandfather from Swainsboro, who attempted to return that, yeah. I theorize that he has another child who has responded to us and at young Adderall mm-hmm. because his Christmas story is this. It's not in the grid, but I think it's related. I think this is the same man, and you'll see why. At young Adderall says, Jack Russell got into a fight and cut his ear. Grandpa tried unsuccessfully to cauterize it with a road flare. No! <laughs> <clears throat> what wait what do you mean unsuccessfully dot 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 in front of entire family hell yeah listen sometimes uncles become grandpas too i love that so like the road flare designed to say like here it is you took that and you jammed it in there because there it is it's right there also same grandfather from at tuck point zero one year in middle of opening gifts a red squirrel appeared on my grandpa's porch he stood up and muttered something. Never a good sign. He walked over to the closet and proceeded to emerge from the closet with a gun, and then he sat down and loaded. My mom got up and yelled, Dad, no! As he opened the window. Miraculously, he stopped, but me and my cousins witnessed attempted squirrel murder, which was only stopped by mom's timely yelling. To clarify, this wasn't like a handgun. It was a full rifle. So the dude just starts loading a rifle because there's one red squirrel. I contend, same guy. So for apparently about 500 years, uh, it was thought that the eruption of Mount Vesuvius that uh, demolished, there's no other word for it, the uncles of Pompeii, uh, occurred in the (laughs) the last week of August. However, uh, in October 2018, uh, there was apparently an inscription uncovered which coupled with several other pieces of evidence like the the clothes and and the fossilized uh, foods that they found in people's in people's baskets and whatnot indicated that the eruption actually took place in late October or early November. Uh, I think that this henceforth should be like on the on the last, you know, or maybe maybe the the first weekend in November we we make the feast of the Pompeii uncles, and this is when all your uncles need to get all of their holiday rowdiness out. To, to clear the way for a peaceful Thanksgiving Hanukkah Christmas. What you are describing is the Florida Georgia game. That's how do you know that's where I was going? How do you know that's where I was going with this? Listen, the for the the original world's largest out the original Jacksonville Vesuvius. A bunch of uncles looking at each other like, so what route do you take through the lava? Cause I, I usually cut through to you know to get there about four minutes faster. I wouldn't do that, Red. Okie oh, Finocchi oh, does sound kind idea. of Italian. I'm much, I'm much better uncle than you. <laughs> oh, wait, Okie Finocchio. Welcome to my home. It's the Jackson Villa. <laughs> no. Nope. Okay. Uh, I'm going to pull another reader story as we are winding down here because it leads directly to my second Christmas story. This is not a real disaster, but it does involve gravy. So I'm going to use it as an on-ramp. Thank you, Twitter user of the Kilo G. I see what you've done there. I met my now wife's family for the first time at our holiday dinner. 
dinner is served buffet style, so I load up my plate and get to the end of the line and see a gravy boat with very dark gravy. I figure I don't know her mom's cooking. So I apply the gravy to, man, she made the gravy too. This is, a, this is your first error. So I apply the gravy to my turkey, mashed potatoes, and stuffing. I get to the table, take a bite to discover that the dark substance was not, in fact, gravy. Instead, it was the chocolate glaze for dessert. Now, chocolate gravy does exist. I don't know where you are from, Kilo G, and where your family is from, but chocolate gravy is a thing. However, it is, yes, more of a breakfast thing over biscuits. This was 12 years ago, he says, and I still get shit about it during literally every family gathering. I am going to tell the gravy story now for those of you who've never heard it. We now store whisks in my family balloon side up in their canister under the sink, which really takes a lot of the drama out, I've, I've noticed as, I'm, as I went home this year. But when I was, I, I'm relating this via my mother because I'm too young to really remember this. I was older than a toddler, but too young to really participate uh, in, in the cover-up, the, the great gravy cover-up of 1980-whatever, which is when we had a very rare large family gathering at our house over Christmas, both sets of grandparents, uh, my mom's folks up from Florida, and my dad's parents uh, in, from, in from the holler. And my mother was cooking, and she was making gravy on the stovetop. Everything else was ready. Uh, there's a pocket door between the kitchen and the dining room in my parents' house, and I remember the, the pocket door was open, and I could see the table, and I was in the, I was in the kitchen with my mom and both uh, my dad's mom and my mom's dad's wife uh, and my Aunt Mothman, who weirdly did not play a part in this disaster. We were mere spectators. As my mom, sighing that there were lumps in the gravy, went under the kitchen sink where her cooking utensils are stored in a large canister and pulled out a balloon whisk that only as we were putting it into the gravy pot did we all notice at the same time contained an enormous desiccated camel cricket. I don't really remember anything that happened in the next five minutes except for two things. I remember the noise that the cricket made as it disintegrated into dust upon hitting the hot gravy, which was like a and then I remember the Scorpion King emerging. From no, listen, it sounded like Emotep getting blown away in the Scorpion <laughs> King's wind. And I remember, oh God, and I remember my grandmother, we all, we all just stood there for a second. And I remember my grandmother turning to my mother and saying, shut the door. And uh, my aunt pulled the door shut and my grandmother turns back around and she points at my mother. This is the only other thing I remember. And she goes, stir. And my mother whisked the pieces of dead cricket into the gravy and it, dinner was served just a few minutes later. None of the women ate gravy and none of the men noticed. And we have not made gravy in our house for a holiday dinner since. So I have a follow-up question. Yes. At what point, because you've told this story Yes, this was, this was my original kitchen disaster story. At what point were the men in the family brought into the light? This was, it would have been at least 10 years later. Wow. It came up when 
Oh, I want to say it came up when my, no, it was actually closer to 20 years later because this came up when my, oh man, I was going to say how many people in that room died not knowing. And it was several. <laughs> um, when my, when my grandmother uh, was, was dying uh, of breast cancer when I was in college, uh, my, my job one summer uh, was just to come home and help out. And I, I drove her back and forth to her treatments and, and sat with her and just like served as her companion throughout that summer. This is a great way to get real family, real good family gossip, by the way. Uh, if you, if you have a relative who's going through some, some intense medical treatments, uh, the painkillers make them real, make them kind of loopy. And in my case, you get lots of good family shit. Uh, so, you know, I, I know whose husband was a no good son of a bitch and, and who slept with whom. And my favorite lesson from this time was my, uh, my grandmother gripping my hand and telling me that, you know, when she was young, everybody was sleeping with everybody just like today. They just didn't talk about it on television. So that was, that was a good lesson, but I don't, I was not around for whenever this reveal happened, but it was after at least two of the men at that table had died. It's better that way. Yeah. This dies with us. Um, Listen, nobody keeps a secret. (laughs) Nobody holds things close in their heart and locked in their heart. Like ants, ants are the, aunties are the opposite of uncles in this fashion. I want to leapfrog off that to tell a short mom submission and then Jason has one more excellent dad submission. Uh, the mom one comes from Ollie McClellan on Twitter. And I think it speaks to the aforementioned uh, person who will would rather die than let Christmas not happen. My mom broke her back on December 23rd, screwing a light bulb into a chandelier while standing on the dining room table. Good God. She still pulled off Christmas dinner for about 25 people without a hitch two days later of course she did it's like, fine like it's fine like batman bruce wayne pulling himself out of the pit to go back to gotham christmas moms think that shit is weak think he took too fucking long and want to know why he didn't stop to get stocking stuffers on the way back bruce you if batman's mother shit. had leaned into the pit she would have been like why did we why do we fall down bruce and Bruce would have been like, so we can get back up again. And Batman's mom would have been like, no, because these Brussels sprouts are going to fucking chop themselves. Now get at it. Yeah, like number, number four, Michael Jordan flu game. Number three, video game, Greg Jennings taking the team on his back. Yeah. Number two, Terrell Owens getting over 100 yards receiving in the Super Bowl on a broken leg. Number one, Ollie McClellan's mom. Yeah, like you mm-hmm. could make a credible Batman origin story where he's- Bat he, mom. His mom is dying in the snow of the of the alley of crime alley and whispering like it's okay it's december 28th and i've already got next christmas already lined up fuck face yeah, the, the gift ta- the gift tags are all <laughs> on the hanging bookshelf inside of the closet under the stairs not the shelf with the plastic lid the shelf with the fold over linen top i know you're not gonna put the holiday table runner on the dining table and i hate you for it Man, Batmom would be the shortest comic strip in the world because Gotham would be back in order like that. Martha Wayne would have had that shit on lock. That's why this is why they always have to kill Batman's parents in the yeah. beginning because if you just kill uh, like if you just kill mom, everything falls apart immediately and it's without recovery. Right. If you kill just uh Thomas Wayne, 
Martha Wayne's just going to run shit fine. You have to lose the mom and the dad pillars uh, in order to oh. to fuel Batman's life as a, uh, I don't know, a rich dude wearing karate pajamas. There's an alternate history, by the way, where the Wayne family just becomes succession, right? Mm. Where they aren't killed. <laughs> Instead of becoming a vigilante, Bruce Wayne just becomes like... This a, is Bruce's brother, Kevin Wayne. Yeah. That's <laughs> it. Kevin Kevin really wants to run the business, but not too much of it. Um, Jason, do you want to do your final dad submission? Well, oh, that's a good one. Final dad content, <clears throat> possibly. From for now. Subscriber Bird Teeth. Oh, that's a good one to go out. Our on. dad always gave us somewhat dull buck knives. <laughs> When we turned eight years old as a Christmas gift. Hey, which real quick reader, which word do you think was important in that sentence? Someone I think, that, was I think it's the silent parenthetical that, hey, Spencer, at least I didn't give your kids knives. So the, yes, what the tradition Christmas. is, is when each child turns eight, they receive a somewhat dull buck knife. Uh, the spreadsheet just turned green, so I lost track of which one I was looking at. Sorry. Okay, I got it now. No, I'm good now. I've, I've attained visual. Uh, my youngest, you can regreen it if you want. My youngest brother got his back in 2009. We were then turned loose to play with our toys while our parents opened their own gifts for each other. I assume these were also knives. As they I tell like us, family. Dad from the balcony, where they see my youngest brother standing naked and soaking wet with a bloody left hand. Normal. He had cut himself almost immediately with the knife, chose to take a shower to clean up the blood, because that's the most important part, the blood that's mm-hmm. already out. This is, this is a mama's boy in a good way. And when that didn't stop the bleeding, he went to the balcony. Because, you know, you, you're supposed to raise a wound, you know. You're supposed <laughs> to elevate the wound. It, it, yeah. Does that mean above your heart? No. Show, show the crowd! It, it, it means you want to get the wound as high as possible. If you're able to go to space, great. That's why, that stop the bleeding. That's why that dad was trying to drive up that snowy mountain in case anyone got cut. Yeah. Yeah. That's why no one ever dies on Mount Everest. The, uh, the uh, soaking wet bloody hand boy has since had three other ER-worthy knife slash axe related <laughs> slash. What age did you get a somewhat dull axe in this household? Nine. Well, nine, okay. Yeah, this is some Johnny Tremaine shit. You, you are five. You will receive the somewhat rusty chainsaw. I like, I like that this, in this family, um, the, the children are treated like they are new players in a video game where it's like, okay, here's your starter kit. You start with rust, with dull, somewhat dull buck knife. It does two hit points of damage. Go out into the world and find a better it's, weapon. You, you, you've unlocked level eight is what happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. Also, it does two hit points of damage to everyone. <laughs> Spencer, you said you had a capper. I do. It's very simple. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. From Alan Holcomb, aka at Data Rain. Two words. Christmas lice. Good night, everybody. Christmas lice are here. Oh, in my ear. That's why Charlie Brown doesn't have any fucking hair. Smart.